Welcome back to Love Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of things we've written in the past and embraces the sometimes cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. We're going to embrace even more nostalgia today as we get deeper into the holiday season. I am your basic bitch girl that loves holidays. Love, love, love it, especially being back in northern Michigan where we just get so deep into the winter. I will take any excuse I can to celebrate and to make things bright and festive, especially with how short the days get. I'm halfway between the equator and the North Pole. So that's pretty far up north. If y'all didn't know, you're a little geography lesson of the day. So our days get extremely short getting into December and the sun goes down at like four o'clock. It's wild. So I love Christmas lights. I love decorating. I love doing cozy like themed activities. So take this little time that you have to yourself or with whoever to listen to this podcast to get into the mood. I want you guys to do me a huge favor. First, I want you to take just one deep breath, okay? And then breathe out the big sigh. Ready? Breathe in. Breathe out. Maybe you even are exasperated or you feel frustrated or maybe you have lingering frustration from the day before or something or the month before. When you breathe out, (sighs) let out all that stress. It is just not talked about enough how much a deep breath helps. Not just that, but the amount of noise you you make during that deep breath, you guys, is like equivalent to the amount of like stress it's relieving. Make the noisiest, loudest, juiciest, deep breath you've ever breathed in your life and give it to me. Breathe in and breathe out. Relax and kind of move your shoulders, unclench your jaw, Rub your eyebrows a little bit. Whatever you need to do to unclench, unwind, relax. Even if you're driving, even if you're cleaning, whatever you do. I'm just going through all the things that people tell me they do when they're listening to this podcast. I've got a lot of cleaners. I've got a lot of drivers. I've got people that will binge this while they're like traveling. So just wherever you are, take a deep breath. Either whether it's quiet because you're around people or loud because you're by yourself. Let that stress out. No more stress. Or put the stress on hold. Give yourself an excuse to stop worrying. Re the fuck lax, y'all. And I'm saying this all to tell myself to do this too. Because boy, oh boy, do I get heavily heavily caught up in what's going on in my own life. 
and I forget that we're on this little tiny blue planet in a giant universe, and it's just not that big of a deal. I just have, I just, I think we all have issues. None of us are perfect at like dealing with big feelings, right? But myself, and I don't know if it's because I'm neurodivergent, you know, mentally ill, whatever you want to call it, severe ADHD, blah, blah, blah. I can just be such a big baby and I have big feelings and it's like, oh my God, I can't deal with them. It's the end of the world. My mom always explained it best that I get taken over by waves very easily. Like a wave will come and some people can just be like, oh, float with it or I'll just stand against it. It's not going to knock me over. And me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm drowning and it's drowning me. And I, and meanwhile, like the sand is just like right there. And if I just stood up, I'd, I'd be fine. So take it from your girl. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I heard so much amazing stuff from my podcast last week about my journey to finding uh, better mental health coverage. I had people ask me um, about more about my experience in California that I kind of touched on when I was like waiting and going to like clinics. And this wasn't just like a few weeks, you guys, this was years before I got married um, that I had to kind of get my my health care, not just mental health care, but health care through the state. And because um, I couldn't afford regular health care, but I needed it. Um, so thank you so much, everyone that reached out. I know a lot of you shared last week's episode. So thank you so much. I even heard from people saying that they don't necessarily need mental health care, but it helped them, you know, process what their loved ones are kind of going through or their friends and family. So, oh my God, <laughs> thank you guys so much. This is just huge, amazing. You are wonderful. I love you guys. This is just the best love, Lindsay, little family I could ever dream of. I never dreamt of having a podcast that reaches so many people and even different countries. Like I'm just like, I love looking at the analytics. I used to do this with my blog too, like looking at the analytics and like, okay, like how are these different people accessing the podcast and where are they from? And like, do they know me already or do they not? And I'm just like, enamored with it. I just, I love it so much. So this is just the best holiday gift I could ever have. It's a good Christmas present to me and I hope it is to you as well. I just want to be here for your entertainment and I love it. I love being here with you. This time to me is absolutely sacred. And I love inspiring y'all to write and to talk. So let's write and talk. In my life, I am getting ready to go on a magical Christmas weekend that I do every year. My mom, she just, she's 
the queen of everything, first of all. There is nothing this woman cannot do. And every year around the holidays, there is a Jingle Bell Parade in Grand Haven, Michigan, which is my cute little idyllic hometown right on the beach on Lake Michigan. And there's a Jingle Bell Light Parade where everyone like rings bells, plays Christmas music, and everybody covers parade floats and lights, covers themselves in lights, covers horses and dogs in lights, and walks in a parade. So my mom organizes a family tradition where my brothers and I, we all gather in Grand Haven. We get an Airbnb. She decorates it. She fills it with amazing food and drinks and presents and decorations. And we watch the parade. We have dinners. We take get we open gifts. We take pictures. It's so cozy. It's so comfy. It's such an amazing holiday tradition. I'm so excited for this year. As always, my um, nieces and nephews are starting to get into the age where it's more fun for me to buy them presents. Um, because when they're no longer a baby and they're starting to get, become toddlers and, and little kids, I can start buying them the stuff that I liked when I was a kid. So selfishly, it's like so fun for me. Um, I probably bought toys that were too old even for them this year, but I don't care because it's just I'm the cool aunt, right? Like I'm the cool childless aunt. I want to provide the coolest stuff. I remember getting stuff from my aunts and uncles and my mom's friends and just I love creating these great memories and I just want to be a part of their lives and embrace my family and love on them and make everything just so perfect for the weekend. My mom I just, I can't thank her enough always for doing that. So that's what I'm getting ready to do. Such a cozy thing to think about you guys, right? So like what holiday, tell me about your holiday traditions because I don't know if you guys have read my, one of my recent blog posts, but I talk about how Eddie and I have been on like a holiday rom-com Athon, <laughs> holiday rom com athon. We, which is basically like your quintessential Hallmark movies. Okay. We've been eating that shit up. We've been eating that shit up. We're not doing like, we didn't do it for Halloween either. Like, we're not eating treats and stuff at night for the holiday season. We're being very conscious about the way we're snacking. So instead of having like hot chocolate and cookies and stuff, we're eating these little snack, snacky, cheesy holiday rom com movies. And we're getting our, our fix from that. And, I'm just in the mood to hear about like your cozy, what are your traditions? I love learning about holiday and Christmas traditions. One of my favorites, um, I always had an advent calendar growing up and it would usually be the kind where you open the little window every day and you have like a little piece of chocolate and it'll say something like a part of the 
nativity story. Eddie and I do advent calendars for each other every year. I started doing it for him the first year we lived together, I think our first Christmas together. I was like, you need to have something to open a day. Like it's essential. And he's like, you are wild. What do you, why? (laughs) Um, and so he usually has, uh, one thing he opens a day and it's usually candy and like puzzle pieces. And I can't give away what his is yet this year, but I will talk about it in another episode once we get further into it. But I found a good alternative this year that's not candy. And I'm so excited. I'm here for it. I'm down. And then after like a decade or so of me doing that for him, I was kind of like, you know, I kind of want an advent calendar too. So starting in like dare I say October, I pick out my own advent calendar and it's usually like makeup, like makeup revolution brand. It does really good ones. Um, last year I did the body shop and this year my advent calendar is Kath Kidston. And I don't know, you guys probably aren't familiar with her. Most people aren't. She's like this British, um, she, she's an artist and she draws a lot of things for like fabrics and stuff, kind of like Vera Bradley, but her artwork is very like Nordstrom's like picture, like your cute, expensive, like European department store. Like that's what it's giving. So it's like body care with her artwork on it. And it's like Victorian. It's like shabby chic. It's everything. I love it. I'm so excited I love opening up one thing a day. It's one of my favorite things. A lot of people are like, you know, obviously Jesus is the reason for this season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And y'all know I'm going to be in church on Christmas Eve, you know, and I'm, I'm hanging out with God every day. So there's that. I love to give and receive gifts during the holidays. It is my one like thing that I just love about Christmas. It's my guilty pleasure. I buy everybody a gift, even my girlfriends. They all think I'm absolutely bonkers crazy for getting so into each holiday and for buying everyone a gift. And like, they're like, how can you put yourself through that much stress? Like, it's not stress, y'all. Like it's, first of all, the word stress gets a bad like rap. It there's, there is such thing as good stress. Remember that. It's a good stress. I love wrapping them, shopping for them, putting the little bows on the packages, writing their names on the tags. Like, ugh, I just, I love it so much, so very much. And if you're not into the holiday season, then I don't know what to say, y'all. Except for the fact that this podcast will always bring you the cringiest and realest stuff no matter what. So because life, real life, my friends, is not a Hallmark movie, is it? No, it's not. That's why we watch them to escape. So without further ado, let's get into the real life portion. Now that we're done with the ooey gooey, 
Not that there won't be some more holidayness coming up, but I'm going to read some more Yule blogs. So let's see today what the blog has to offer. So this one is called COVID Close Call, and it was published December 5th of 2020. And it starts with, hello, everyone. Welcome back to my Yule blog. I'm ready to reveal my quote unquote secret that I posted about the other day. Oh, yeah, I read that to you guys recently. There was like a secret I was saying. That's right. Okay. I had a COVID close call. Let's break this down. So I've been feeling extra sick beyond the realm of anxiety symptoms. No fever, but lots of coughing and wheezing, nausea, as I wrote about last week, digestive issues, and lots of body pain. I took a drive-up nasal swab test. You guys remember those, the huge Q-tip up your nose, and came back negative. However, once I got the good news that the test was negative, the next morning I tried jumping back into my cardio routine. I only took about five days off of working out altogether, yet I couldn't finish my workout due to my lungs wheezing and coughing up crud. So I'm thinking I did, in fact, have a sinus infection, and that is what I've been dealing with. Literally right now, as I sit here writing to you, my lungs are squeaking when I breathe. Ugh, I hate that, you guys. To combat my anxiety about catching COVID and not being able to breathe properly, I purchased a pulse oximeter. To measure my oxygen, even as I am squeaking and wheezing, my oxygen levels are at a stable 98%. So I know I'm good there, at least. The confusion about all this, and who has it, and when did they have it, and did I have it, yada yada, it's driving me insane. I'm sick of talking about it, so I should move on. This week, Eddie and I were supposed to be in Chicago enjoying a December Christmas-themed trip. Oh, I didn't remember that. Dang. We should do that again. Oh, yeah, I'm in school, so we can't. Actually, sidebar, I am thinking about going to visit my girlfriends in Detroit this Christmas break. There's a big, like, skating rink there and, like, holiday trees lit up. It looks so cool. Like, I'm really hoping that I can make it down there. Back to the blog. I was so excited to go, but since most of Chicago is shut down, we opted to stay home. We still desperately need the time off work, though, since stress at our home has been at an all-time high. You know, I still see most people I follow on social media traveling, though, and having vacations and staying at hotels, so sometimes I wonder, are we being too cautious? Please let me know what you think. I want to talk about this and not just wonder. I am thinking that when I see huge family gatherings and photos online and photos of people still traveling, that they have already had COVID and therefore feel safe. So maybe that's what I'm seeing. Or maybe most people don't even care. Are you still traveling to see family or traveling at all? Talk to me about it. Yeah, because sidebar, that's what I do when something's bothering me. I tell people, will you just talk to me about this so that like I stop feeling so crazy? Anyway, back to the blog. To combat my stay safe at home, to combat my stay 
safe at home boredom, I have been dreaming about what short road trips I would take right now if I could. First of all, I really want to stay at this historic inn, which is only a few blocks from our house. Ooh, the Wellington. Yes, Eddie and I have stayed there multiple times since. It's so cool, you guys. It's like all decorated Victorian style. Each room is like a different suite. Eddie and I have done like so many like little mini like photo shoots in there. And so next in the blog, I say, I'm daydreaming about doing dreamy photo shoots in this room and luxuriating in the whirlpool tub with my very much missed bath bombs. Because we have a hot tub and a wonderful stone tile walk-in shower here at home. And while both are fabulous, I can't use bath bombs in either. Another place I'd go this weekend if it weren't for COVID is Frankenmuth for some Christmas magic. And then I talk about a blog post I wrote about Bronner's. And of course, I'm still daydreaming about our canceled Chicago trip and eating deep dish pizza and seeing the Christmas lights in the city and shopping at the huge glamorous malls. For now, our blue cottage in the trees will have to do. I'm so grateful for our wonderful home, my health, and the health of my husband and our cat, Bean. I am thankful for my holiday-themed dollhouse and all of our cute decorations I have so that I don't feel like I need to go out and buy more. What things are you grateful for today? Thanks for stopping by to see me here today. And then I say thank you for clicking on advertisements and my Etsy store and my CBD oil and my Amazon storefront, yada, 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 which I thought about putting out there again, my Amazon storefront, not, I do make money from the commissions and I still am making money from the commissions from like, sometimes I put links in my blogs and it sends me like, if you guys wondered how that works, like you get like gift cards sent to you if that's what you choose. So I get gift cards sent to me randomly and I'll be like, oh, my storefront made money, but I just, your girl loves to shop. So, and I love making like Christmas wish lists. So I was thinking about putting a link up on my website of like my ultimate Christmas wish list this year, just to share because I'm obsessed with watching those like TikToks that show like people's Christmas wish lists. It just tickles me. Anyway, so let's get to the next blog post. This one's called From Christmas Heaven to Panic Attack Hell. And I start off by saying, I am so happy and relieved you back in our safe place today, writing this blog to you in the light of day after a terrifying night. Well, the whole night wasn't terrifying, but I'll explain it all to you. Let's just say I almost started writing to you at 4 a.m. this morning while having the worst panic attacks I've had in over a decade. Yesterday, and all week really, Eddie and I have been working so hard to pull ourselves out of the we-don't-know-what-will-happen-next slump. I haven't really felt all that festive since the drama about his job started, and on top of that, getting more hospital bills for my emergency room visit during the summer, and let's not forget my close call with COVID. I've been practicing mindfulness for gratitude like crazy because I'm kind of disappointed in myself for overreacting to every piece of news or information that we get. It's helped some, 
but I'm still not perfect at it. After I received the great news that my COVID test was negative, I immediately started to think about all of the things I could do again, such as simply leaving the house to go on a walk. Like I said yesterday, my first cardio workout since being sick had to be cut short due to wheezing in my lungs, but I kept on going with my day and didn't let it discourage me. I knew I wanted to put some makeup on, maybe some hair extensions, go on a walk with my hubby to see the neighborhood Christmas lights. And then I talk about a photo he took of me in my Instagram real highlight. I finally had a good reason to try my new Suva Beauty Hydra Liner in white for a mod look that I have been daydreaming about and is inspired by the fabulous makeup in the Rain On Me music video with Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. All in all, I think I did an okay job for a super fast and first time try. See the photos below for how it turned out. After taking an adorable walk, which was like the blissful first date in a Hallmark movie, while it was lightly snowing and ever so festive, we had some dinner and I finally sat down to watch Happiest Season and it was so good and so super cute. I still haven't watched the Christmas Yule blog yet, but that might be what we're doing tonight. Anyway, back to last night. We went to sleep and slept well until about 3 a.m. when we both woke up and felt wide awake for some reason and had a really hard time falling back asleep. I tried my coveted CBD oil, and it helped the pain from sore muscles I was feeling after a tough workout. I think I need to try the sleep formula, as I currently only have the full spectrum and want the specialized sleep formula for things like these. So here we are, unable to go back to sleep, which has been, con- which has been a common theme in our home due to the stress we are feeling. I think between Eddie's work stress, his increasing workload due to the COVID pandemic, my COVID close call, and everything else, my panic and anxiety have been waiting to pounce on me at my weakest point. I hate that. I hate that so much. Last night must have been it because it was probably the scariest panic attacks I've ever had, at least since my first experiences with them in my mid-20s. Eddie went and sat in our hot tub to see if that could help him relax enough to go back to sleep. And when he came inside, I was still lying awake and staring at my phone, which is so bad for me. I know. And he sat out in the living room reading a book like a good boy instead of reading, staring at his phone like I was doing. According to sleep hygiene experts, laying In bed and staring at your phone is a big no-no as the blue light causes you to stay awake. And if you aren't sleeping, you shouldn't lay in bed. I rolled over at one point and breathed a a sigh of relief as I felt myself getting sleepy again. Finally, once I rolled onto my back, I felt the familiar panic attack symptoms set in. My heart started pounding and thoughts of worst case scenarios started playing in my mind's eye. My back and chest felt like they were on fire and I started to shiver uncontrollably. Eddie finally felt tired enough to come back to bed just as I was getting out of bed to take a Xanax. Yes, it had gotten to the point where Xanax was needed to stop the attacks, but they didn't stop. My mouth was dry as a bone. My legs felt weak and crampy. I was standing in the living room trying to convince myself that I wasn't dying and that I didn't need to call 911 and I heard Eddie's breathing go into the... I'm asleep mode, 
and I tried so hard to get through it on my own. But all I could think about was that I needed to go to the ER. I truly loathe how much panic attacks can convince you that you're dying. By the way, guys, let's do a sidebar real quick. The the phrase panic attack is overused. Dramatically overused. I when I hear people say she had a panic attack or I had a panic attack, I always ask, what symptoms were you having? And they'll usually say, you know, crying or like, I just felt so stressed out that I couldn't cope or function or um, things like that. And like, I would say 99% of people I talk to don't say anything about their heart racing or feeling like they're dying and they have to go to the hospital. To me, I'm like, oh, you had an anxiety attack. Those obviously suck. Like, they're horrible. But in the true definition... A panic attack is that rush of adrenaline, fight or flight. And panic attacks and panic disorder will do everything they can to tell you something is horribly, horribly wrong and that you need to run. Some people have to leave the building they're in. Some people have to leave the room. There's all sorts of symptoms, all sorts. Um, Mine and a lot of other people that have panic disorder, hence why so many people end up into the ER with a panic attack because they mimic cardiac symptoms, which leads to cardiophobia, which is something that I've developed in this last year. Cardiophobia is an intense phobia of all things cardio and cardiac related. So for instance, I don't know if you guys watched the movie Cocaine Bear that came out over the summer. It's about a bear that gets into like a bunch of cocaine and then like the shenanigans it gets into. It's supposed to be kind of lighthearted, maybe not lighthearted. It was kind of a wild, weird comedy, Um, kind of intense, intense for me at least. A lot of the movie centers around the sound of like the bear's heart beating faster and faster. I can't stand that. When I hear a heartbeat and I hear it speed up, I think that's what's going to happen to my heart. Sometimes to the point of like even the music at the gym I go to during like boot camps, if it has like a really loud like pulsing beat, I will start to feel like my body will like mimic that and I'll like something bad will happen. Um... During the worst of my cardiophobia symptoms this year, I had to arrange my pillows in a way that my ear wasn't resting on my pillow because hearing my own heartbeat was so triggering that it would send me into a panic attack. And I still am very uncomfortable hearing my own heartbeat or listening to anybody else's heartbeat. Um, Sometimes my brain, and these are um, OCD type symptoms. So if you have symptoms like these, just so you know, it's an OCD type of uh, way that this phobia has developed. So there's this thing in psychology and OCD called magical thinking. And it's the belief where you believe that if you think something, that means it's going to happen. And magical thinking makes it sound like it's like this Disney-esque like thing that's happening to you. And it sounds good, right? It's not, it's bad. So 
I developed this belief that if the word cardio or heart attack or whatever comes into my mind, it means that it's going to happen to me. And, or if I see a sign for a hospital, it means that I'm going to have to use it. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. Um, so at its worst, I wouldn't even be able to talk about this topic with you guys right now. I wouldn't even be able to record a podcast and read these blog posts about a panic attack and about my heart rate at all. Even the words heart rate, I wouldn't be able to think about. So just keep that in mind. It sucks. It's wild. It's really weird. I've never had a phobia until this last year. Oh, what fun it is to develop new ways for your panic disorder to fuck with you as you get older. Um, it's truly terrible. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, especially since I am so careful and cognizant of my health and physical health. And I work out so hard. Um, I just, yeah, it sucks. If you guys have that too, or health anxiety in general, let me know because I've made some really good friends by just reaching out to people online and being like, oh my God, you've got health anxiety too. Like I've made, I have a pen pal even that like we write to each other because we both have the same severe um, health anxiety. Like we both kind of laugh that about the fact that like we go to bed every night thinking that we're probably going to die in our sleep. So we just kind of have to fall asleep anyway. And so it's just, it's, it's a wild ride y'all. Anyway, enough with the, the tangent. Let's get back to the blog post. The tear is significant and sharp. After I couldn't wait any longer, I unfortunately had to wake him up so that he could talk to me and distract me from my agony. He said if I wanted to cuddle up with him, but I was at that point in an attack where you can only lay on your back and constantly keep trying to take deep breaths while your lungs try and expand despite the cramping of every muscle in your body. I had to manually focus on breathing. After 20 minutes of my heart rate being between 115 and 130 laying down, I knew I needed to try another Xanax. I hate taking this much medication but it was the only thing stopping me from making the mistake of going to the hospital for something that I can only get through on my own. I grabbed a handful of ice cubes and shivered and shook throughout the terrifying waves of panic and fear and terror. Sometimes holding, holding ice helps and I only do it when it's really, really bad. I kept flashing back to my first episodes of this type of attack when I lived with my nanny and how comforting she was and how she would stay up with me all night if needed while I laid in her bed trembling. I used my pulse oximeter to convince myself that I was still getting enough air and to also combat any pesky dangerous thoughts of having COVID and dying from it, even though my test came back negative. Though my resting heart rate was still in the 100s, which is not normal for me, my oxygen level was still 97%. So knowing that proves my knowledge really, proves how knowledge really is power. The last thing I remember is being startled awake a few more times by by intrusive thoughts before finally waking up on my own after 12.30 p.m. The whole night was a disaster, but I lived to talk about it. 
I'm just hoping that I won't start developing a fear of going to bed again, but I think I've come too far in my experience with mental illness to regress that far. Still though, the fear is so strong and is still trying to find its way into my body as I type this. I know things will get better. They will get better for you too. For all of us, we get a fresh start every day and that's the only thing we can rely on sometimes. Please just know that if you are suffering from out-of-control anxiety, I am right there with you, babes. Please hang in there. Yeah. So that's definitely a rough blog post to read. Let's move on to the next one. So this one is called Cozy Christmas Kitten. And I'm sorry if I triggered you guys with that talk before. Sometimes even hearing people talking about a panic attack can make me feel anxious. For instance, this wasn't about a panic attack, but it's like health anxiety related. I was listening to Alex Earl's podcast a couple weeks ago. I think it's called Hot Mess. And um, she was talking about how she had to get her blood drawn or not blood drawn. She was getting like an IV put in for like um, hydration and she had a hangover and the person missed the vein. Like I can't even talk anymore about it. Like it was so bad. And I was driving and I felt like I was going to pass out while driving. I'm not kidding you. My heart started racing. I started getting tunnel vision. I was like, I'm going to pass out while driving because of this podcast episode. (laughs) So hopefully I didn't trigger you guys into that. Let's get into something more cozy. So this blog post starts by saying, welcome back to my Yule blog. Today you're in for a real treat. I'm talking about one of my most favorite animals on the planet, cats. As you've read in many of my previous blogs, I am undeniably in love with cats and I feel like my soul was meant to be intertwined with the souls of cats. Did you know that cats help us cope with grief? And my goodness, we have been more full of grief than ever lately. Managing grief is an extremely difficult process for many people. Grief comes in many forms and follows many different circumstances. Bereavement can leave people feeling depressed, lonely, fatigued, and sad. Whether you've lost a pet, a loved one, or experienced a different type of loss, the feeling can be palpable. Though the grieving process is one that takes time and looks different for everyone, there are tools to help the grieving process. Remember my recommendation for this amazing book about grieving your pet? Things like Oh, yeah, sidebar. So if you guys want the link, let me know. I found this amazing diary notebook journal that helps guide you through um, the anticipated and real-time happening death of your pet and pet loss. And there's um, things in there, ideas of like what to write about, memories, and it just helps you process it all and it helps you – learn about it and better ease your shattered heart. So if you guys out there, my podcast listeners want that book link, let me know. Back to the blog. I say things like counseling and support groups are there to help people understand the stages of grief and how to cope. 
For those with pets, they can be another great tool in times of grief. It's not only dogs that excel as companion animals for emotional support. Many other types of animals offer the same type of feelings of comfort. For cat lovers, the story is no different. Cats are emotionally tuned in and sensitive creatures that can help their human companions cope with grief. Overall, cats are great for mental health. Whether you're experiencing grief or not, cats have a way of improving mental health as a whole. Your cat can relieve your stress, calm feelings of anxiety, and improve overall happiness just by offering a positive and consistent symbiotic relationship with you. Animals offer many perks to our happiness by increasing oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins in our brains, leaving us feeling happier whenever we are around them. For those dealing with the effects of grief, these feelings can be extremely important in helping to cope. A cat purrs within a range of 20 to 140 hertz, which is known to be medically therapeutic for illnesses and humans. A cat's purr can not only lower stress, it can also help labored breathing, lower blood pressure, help heal infections, and even heal bones. For some, it can be difficult to legitimize the positive effects on mental health that a cat can offer, but studies have shown and proven the physical effects are real. So it isn't a far-fetched to imagine that if purrs can help heal bones, they can positively impact the effects of stress and anxiety. Any cat owner will tell you how relaxing it is to pet a sleeping cat and listen to their purrs. It's not just in your head, so to speak. As I sit here and write this now, I have Bean laying next to me on her favorite pillow and just looking at her is so very calming and therapeutic. I feel so lucky that in this time of my extreme anxiety and suffering, the worst panic attacks of my life, that I can pet my kitty and get some much needed fuzz therapy. Even if you don't have a cat, having a pet of any kind can help reduce stress, lower blood pressure, and have a calming effect. If you don't currently have a pet, do you plan to get one? What about a small bird or fish? Let me know about your favorite animals and how they comfort you. Today, we are going to our favorite Christmas tree farm where they have plenty of animals to pet and feed, and I cannot wait. Thanks for stopping by to sit with me for a minute today and read some nice calming words. Remember that clicking on any advertisements you see in this blog helps to support me and I can't thank you enough for your help by sharing this blog with your friends. <sighs> that was a good one. I liked that. That was relaxing. That was refreshing after the, the panic attack hell. <laughs> I needed that calming, calming cat content. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. So what do you guys think? Do you have a few more in you? Should we keep going? Should we keep these good vibes going? I think we should read this next one because I think it's short and sweet. Um, this one call is called It's in the Cards. Are you getting more holiday greetings in your mailbox than any other year you remember? You can think a recent surge in the popularity of greeting cards this 2020 holiday season. According to a recently aired segment in the Morning Today show and the New York Times, a new survey that found holiday cards are more popular this year than in the past. 
this is something to celebrate if you're like me and love sending out greeting cards all year round. This is our year to shine. So if you do plan to set out greeting cards for the holidays, when should you do that? According to the queen of beautiful holiday cheer perfection herself, Martha Stewart, a greeting card timeline does indeed exist. There is a sweet spot for every sentiment. In general, you want your cards to reach your friends and family one to two weeks before the holiday. They reference. Cards of gratitude and reflection are ideal for the last week of November and first few days of December, making them a good choice for those early birds who wish to send their greetings ASAP. That means, according to this, I sent my Christmas cards last week at the perfect time, two to three weeks before the holiday they reference. The graphic on this year's holiday card from Eddie and I reference Yuletide, which falls on December 21st. And years past, I've also sent New Year's cards. According to Martha, New Year wishes are ideal to arrive the last two weeks of December through the first week of January. Will I have the time and energy to devote to a second round of cards? We'll see. Next, we have the matter, matter of postage. There has not been a better year than 2020 to support the USPS. Amid a national pandemic, the growing crisis at the United States Postal Service has disrupted mail service nationwide. If you want to sign petitions and contact your representatives, doing so will help get funding to the USPS. You can also buy stamps. I personally look forward to picking out my holiday stamps every year. This year's stamp of choice for me pictured the jolliest elf of them all, St. Nick. The artwork featured on the stamps is done by commercial artist Handen Sunblom and were originally featured in advertisements for Coca-Cola in the early 1960s. I love a good Coca-Cola Santa. And I love, 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 you guys. I love the damn Coca-Cola Santa Coke bottles. Ugh. Even though, like, Coke is a sugar bomb, I love the Santa Coke. This past weekend, while we struggled to cheer ourselves up among the woes of pandemic stress, we took some photographs to show my pride this year's my pride in this year's batch of pinup girl cards that I made especially for my Etsy shop, aptly named Craft Store Cowgirl. Eddie set up a nice little photo op with a small couch and our vintage aluminum tree. We also used some decorations that Eddie got last minute online that were deeply discounted. Get the same deal here for cute indoor and outdoor decorations for 70% off. Da, 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 da. I know I sound like a broken record while my true passion for this blog is supporting others suffering from mental illness like myself. I also need to make a living and crafting and using my creativity is my livelihood and what I do best. So thank you for reading through these blogs and taking my offers of support, whether it's link links to free mental health care and support or discount codes to products that I truly love and care about. Let's do one more y'all. I'm still feeling festive. I'm still feeling it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the vibes. I'm feeling the holiday spirit. This one is called the truth about how I'm really doing. In today's post, I want to talk about some real honest truths about how my day-to-day life has been. Honestly, it hasn't been that great. I put a sort of call to help, call to action SOS last night in my social media feeds, asking for people to respond to my questions of sanity and anxiety 
due to this pandemic. I was overjoyed by the replies and messages of support I have received. However, the truth is I'm not dealing well with the extra stress and anxiety at all. Let's unpack this together. I want to take the stigma out of being truthful on social media, even when the truth isn't that pretty or perfect. I am having an especially hard time with the fact that I haven't had COVID yet that I know of, and although that sounds like a blessing, hear me out. It becomes an awkward situation when members of your family have had COVID and can now get together with their shared immunity, and it's easy for me to feel left out in that regard. I am an honest honest to God, a spoiled brat, an only child deep inside my soul. Real talk. I can't help but feel so left out about something so stupid. I've mentioned before dozens of times how social media can be toxic and that in that way as you see families and people going on about their life like no pandemic is happening. And I have a theory that all of those people I see hanging out with their families like normal have already have COVID. Otherwise, why would they risk getting their moms, dads, babies, and grandparents sick? And sidebar, remember too, this is not just a pandemic thing. When you see the the photos of smiling families and perfection, and you hear even someone like me describing the amazing weekend that my mom is setting up, just remember that it doesn't mean that everything's perfect. So don't let that dictate you how you feel about your own life. Because I'm guilty of that too, you guys. Like it's so easy to compare and contrast over and over and over. Not even on social media, just hearing, you know, people at work say what they did or have done and you just automatically idealize it to be this thing that it absolutely was not. Keep that in mind, please. Do yourself a favor. Remember you never what's going on in the background ever, especially with me. Y'all like know that there's always something going on behind these eyes. Let's get back to the blog post. But no one is stating this out loud or publicly. So what you end up with are assumptions based on their superficial account feeds. It's none of my business who has or hadn't had or hasn't had COVID yet, but I wish people would be more transparent. I don't want to wait any longer to see my family. It's so selfish, but it's true. My mental health is taking a huge hit by the fact that I can't recharge my energy and vitality in the ways I normally do, such as seeing family and friends and traveling and getting out of the house for a night or two or attending group exercise classes or group therapy or volunteering in person. All of those options have been taken away from me. I was doing fine earlier this year when this was still new and I was able to see my family once by visiting them outside We were able to take a small vacation over the summer to northern upper Michigan, but these experiences seem so far away now. On top of all of this lack of normalcy, I've had to quit my job at the cute store downtown because my anxiety has made me so physically sick that I cannot in my right mind think I'm being a good representative of the store and able to sell people things despite how uncomfortable I am with their terrible mask hygiene. Pulling it down under their chin to smell perfume or just not wearing it correctly at all. And the lack of limiting the amount of people inside a really small store has sent me over the edge. 
How can I convince someone to spend their money on the wonderful products made by local artists and makers when I have to constantly tell them to pull their mask up? You guys got got really annoying. Sidebar, like so annoying. Buy this product, pull your mask up. Buy this, pull your mask up. Like, oh my God, I don't miss that. And then I say, or starting my welcome to the store greeting out. Oh yeah, starting my welcome to the store greeting out with them, with begging them to wash their hands or use sanitizer. It's impossible for me to do both. And those were implantations put in by the store I was working at, not by me. I must not be cut out for retail or let's be real. I'm not cut out for most jobs. That was like how I was feeling then. I just felt like I wasn't made to work. None of us are made to work, but you know what I mean? I was due to return to my normal shifts tomorrow for the first time since my COVID test quarantine, but am unable to physically force myself. Not only am I experiencing the worst panic attacks of my life, I'm so close to calling 911 every time I have a panic attack this severe because they are so terrifying and they are occurring almost daily now. I had to quit my job last minute and just be brutally honest with my boss about not being able to return. I spent all morning today hunched over a garbage can, gagging and burping through intense waves of nausea. This isn't even a cold or flu, people. This is my anxiety. It's really destroying my health. Let's not forget that only two weeks ago, I literally shit my pants twice in one hour, one hour period due to my dread of coming into work. I shit my fucking pants twice. Wow. What the actual fuck? I had a meeting with my therapist last night and it was decided I need to up my anxiety medications for the third time this year. After our talk, I was feeling much better, but an email from my family set me off. I should be happy for my family and siblings to be able to see each other as they have all had and recovered from COVID, but I just can't help feeling rotten and left out, and I'm not controlling my response to feelings well at all. You guys, I have never in my whole life been so angry and out of control with the words I speak and type to people as I have been the last several months. I am turning into a horrible monster of a person who can't control her emotions, and I'm saying, horrible things and mean things to people that do not deserve it. I have lost all of my self-control, it seems. On the outside, it may seem like I'm functioning normally, and in a way, I am. But the bad days are starting to become way more common than the good days. Yes, Eddie and I are trying to stay safe, happy, and festive, and are going for walks to see our neighborhood's lovely Christmas light displays. And yes, I'm able to somewhat still do self-promotion online for my own store and blog, but let me be very honest. I am struggling. I am not okay. I am sick with dread. I am still practicing daily mindfulness and exercising and getting out of the house, but let's face it, it's not the same. We haven't had friends over and gotten together with friends since October when it was still doable to hang outside. When your own personal job and goals involve being on social media as much as I am, well, reality seems really skewed. I see family group photos of smiling faces and matching holiday pajamas and pictures of people's trips and vacations, and I just can't bring myself to do the same actions because I don't know if I've had COVID. Or maybe my test was a false negative. Maybe I'll still get it. 
and become really sick or Eddie will. I wish so badly I didn't care and could go off on do all those things that I would like to do, like weekend trips and holiday dinners. I'm trying to listen to the advice of scientists and healthcare workers, but it's so hard to say, stay home and stay safe, when it seems like the majority of people aren't doing that at all. Like, is there something wrong with me? Or am I stupid for not going about my life as normal, like I see so many hundreds of people doing every day? I'm sure there are people who read this and are probably laughing out loud at my, for my fear of, or for my living in fear. At least it seems that way due to what people post on Facebook and how they react to things. You guys, that's why I don't go on Facebook anymore. I quit Facebook a long time ago. Except for I post my podcast on Facebook. So if you're listening from Facebook, hi, Facebook. <laughs> hi, people from Facebook. I don't like Facebook. I like you, not Facebook. Like the constant snarky laughing in your face emojis that people are using to reply to every piece of news about our governor's attempts to keep our COVID numbers down. I do agree that we shouldn't take away people's ability to run their own businesses when the government is doing nothing to support these people while they are closed. That, I can agree, is probably not wise. However, I also support our healthcare workers who are crying for help at our local hospitals become overloaded, and it seems that the only thing we can do to help is to stop bars and restaurants being open. Again, there must be a better way. I know this blog is long and negative and rambling, but I have temporarily lost my ability to be happy and positive. Just for now, I want to acknowledge how fucked up this world is and how it sucks for everyone. Tomorrow, I will resume more festive, positive content. I promise. I just feel like I'm not being true to my readers when I'm talking to you every day, but not telling you what I'm actually going through and what I'm really thinking and feeling. Thanks for sticking with me, you guys. Please share this blog if it's helped you by reading about real life and real struggle, real struggles. I remember I got a lot of really good feedback and comments from this blog post. A lot of people were just feeling in the same boat. And I know you probably guys are probably like, why are we rehashing this old COVID stuff? Well, first of all, this is definitely about looking in the past and cringing at the cringiness of it because it all was very cringy. But what I said a few minutes ago rings true. This is also, you can kind of look at it the same way, the whole seeing like pictures on social media and thinking something's happening one way when it's really completely different than that. You never know what's happening behind a picture. Actually, there's a good blog post I think I'm going to read next week about about this in particular called um, Smiling Depression. So stay tuned for that. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Love, Lindsay. Share this podcast with your loved ones or your friends. Let me know what you think. Give it a rating. Give it a thumbs up, whatever, however you're listening to it. Um. Thank you guys so much for always hitting me up. I don't know what it is about this 
podcast in particular, but I feel like it has been a way, like a call to action because I always have people telling me after they've listened to an episode, like telling me, I just listened to this and I liked this, this, and this. And that just means so much to me. Like, I just love it. So if you're listening, tell me because I can't get enough of you guys talking about it. I just love this family, this like love Lindsay little like family that we've created. Like, yay, we should do like a gift exchange or something. (laughs) I don't know how I would organize that. If you have an idea, let me know. Anyway, I love you guys. I hope you're enjoying your holiday season so far. I'll see you next Wednesday on another episode of Love, Lindsay. Thank you.